Good morning, Higher Vision. How many are early morning people? Can I see your hand? That's why you're at the first service, aren't you? How many are football people? That's why you're at the first service, aren't you? Because your favorite, come on, your favorite team is probably playing a little bit later. I'm so honored to be here. I'm so grateful for your pastor. Come on, Pastor Jared, aren't you grateful for him? And I'm grateful he has a great team. Can we give a big hand clap to all the pastors and leaders? Come on. And so, so incredible. And beyond that, really, this church cannot do what it's doing without its volunteers. And uh, people that are running cameras and, and serving the children. Come on, parking lot and ushers. And come on, the media. Can we give uh, all the volunteers, come on, a big hand clap because it's amazing. If you're a guest with us, again, welcome to Higher Vision. I am the guest speaker, and uh, I would encourage you that um, you come back next week to hear one of uh, the valleys and one of America's greatest teacher preachers, and Pastor Jared. I'm excited about the new series coming up and beyond, and I'm telling you, it's going to challenge you, it's going to encourage you, so you want to make sure you come on back. I always tell my church, because I pastor in Las Vegas and Orange County, I tell people in Las Vegas, if they're guests, don't just give us one week, because, you know, I could be off that week. The musicians were off. We had, gr we had grumpy ushers. Come on, help me. You wanted to park in a spot, and we directed you somewhere else, you know. So don't just judge it just on one weekend. In fact, I'd say just give it a few weekends and, uh, and see what God says to you. Even Bowflex says, give them six weeks and they'll change your body. If you give us six weeks, I believe your spiritual life is gonna be changed because this is one of the greatest churches. Come on, give yourselves a big hand clap right now in this place, it's great. Most of all, this church lifts up Jesus. I'm grateful for that. And so uh, let's get right into the scripture. I'm gonna go to the book of Luke, please, chapter 17. Book of Luke, chapter 17, and we're gonna begin in verse 11 as you're turning there. I want to also just tell you that you're the smart service. You're the smartest service. Why is that? Because I have to end on time. Because there's a second one coming. But the next one, there is no one after that. So they may be here till 2 o'clock. Just don't tell them that. Luke chapter 17, we're going to begin at verse 11. Read out the ESV translation. The Bible says, on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between... Valencia and Sherman Oaks. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers. Somebody say 10 lepers. I love this. Who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, come on, they were cleansed. Then one of them, somebody say one of them. One of them, one out of ten, the tithe. They saw that he was healed. Turned back, praising God with what kind of a voice? Come on, say it that way. With a what? Loud voice. He's one of those crazy people. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Very interesting that the one that came back was a Samaritan. We'll talk about it in the message. And... Samaritan is half Jew, half Gentile. 
and uh, was an outcast. We think we have racism and racial tension in America today, yet in Jesus' day, there was intense racial tension that was going on. Then Jesus answered, we're not ten clans, where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to him, rise and go your way. Come on, your faith, come on, has made you well. Your faith, come on, has made you well. Father, thank you uh, for this time that we have. Thank you for everybody watching online. And I know there's some of my people are wondering, what are you doing there in Las Vegas? I know, I know you weren't wondering, but Lord, do something in Las Vegas as I'm here in Valencia. Thank you for everybody sitting here in this great church that you're raising up. I thank you, Lord God. And I declare, God, that the best is still yet to come in all of our lives and in this church. In Jesus' name, come on, everybody said amen. Amen. Can we give the keyboardist a big hand clap for his ministry? Thank you so much. So good to be here with you, and uh, I am Benny Perez. I'm a lead pastor at the Church LV, stands for Las Vegas, the Church OC, which is Orange County, and I'm honored to be here. Uh, I am Hispanic, in case uh, some people come up to me and thinking I'm Iraqi, Iranian, uh, Middle Eastern. Nothing wrong with that, but I am Hispanic. Any Hispanics here this morning? Any Hispanics? So I grew up right here in L.A., born and raised in L.A., and uh, in a city called Pico Rivera, California, which is in the San Gabriel Valley. We never came to San Fernando Valley. Never knew you guys existed, all right? <laughs> and uh, just the way it is, you kind of grow up on one side or the other side. And, uh, and I'm married. I have uh, three kids, a beautiful wife. And I had two dogs. We got rid of them, and life is good now. <laughs> so uh, just so glad uh, to be with you. Uh, I will teach a little bit, but sure enough, my Hispanic heritage will kick in. And I will get a little bit passionate, and I will probably raise my voice a little bit, not because I'm mad at you. I will smile. <laughs> it's, just, it's just who I am. And, uh, and so I, I've learned this, that if you want to be effective in life, make sure you be the real you. Don't try, don't try and be a copy. You're an original. I don't want to die a copy. I can't preach like Pastor Jared. I can't preach like T.D. Jakes. I can't preach like whoever your favorite preacher is because I'm not them. I got to be me. Amen. I mean, look at me. I'm a world-class athlete. Amen. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Why do people always laugh when I say something like that? I mean, look at you, huh? Look at you. What are, what are you, you know? So anyway, I want to talk to you very briefly uh, this morning and the title of the message is very simply, Go and See. Go and See. I get an opportunity to talk to a lot of people, and it's very interesting when you start talking about spiritual things with people. Uh, I'm talking about like, like real people, not like me talking to people that are coming to church. I'm talking about people that have never been to church. And uh, most people, when I start talking about spiritual things, this, this phrase always comes up. They always say, yeah. You know, I got to see it, then I'll believe it. You've heard that before. I, 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 when I see it, then I'll believe it. And, and that might work for some spheres of life or spheres of influence that you have. Maybe in the natural world, that kind of works. Well, you know, if I see it, I'll believe it. But unfortunately, when it comes to spiritual things, that is not the way it actually works. Because you have to believe first, and then you'll see it. Right? 
Uh, and so if we, if we understand this principle when it comes to things of God, maybe you're a guest and you're saying, well, I'm just checking out this thing. I'm just checking out Jesus. I'm not sure about all this. And I'm so glad that you're here because what's going to happen is the more you hear the Word of God, the Bible being preached, what happens is belief will start to build up in your life. And the way that God operates is, He says, man, if you would just believe me, you'll see some things begin to take place in your life. It's called walking by faith. It's not walking by what you see or feel or your senses because those things lead you astray. Have you ever met somebody and think to yourself, I don't think they really like me? I'm looking at you right now. And if, if you allow your feelings to dictate, you know, uh, your perception to dictate how you live life, you're going to miss it sometimes. And so I just have to choose, I just choose to believe that everybody that I meet likes me. No, you have to believe that. Because what you believe actually impacts your life. It actually will set the course of your life. Now, now, now I can let you into my life. Anytime I get up to speak at any church, and even my own church, I, I'm honestly, I'm a little bit nervous. I, I, I'm like, oh man, uh, you know, how am I going to do? And and not because I'm really into me, but I want to do my best to communicate the word that God has given me to reach people. Are you hearing me? So I, this, in the morning time, at home, or in the hotel this morning, I put on my Rocky music, and I go, dun, 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 dun. And I start saying, Benny Perez, you're the greatest communicator on the planet. Benny Perez, you know what? The people are going to receive Benny Perez. Uh, man, God's going to use you, and people are going to get saved. People are going to get healed. People are going to be encouraged. People are going to, because you have to choose to believe. And, and in fact, that, that is not an arrogant thing to believe the best about yourself. Amen. You should believe the best, right? And so belief is everything. And so as I, as I begin to talk to you very briefly this morning, we find ourselves in the text in Luke chapter 17, and Jesus now, as we read the text, is on his way to the city called Jerusalem. Now, why is Jesus going to Jerusalem, you may ask? Because Jesus now has, has been ministering for about three and a half years, and he's going to Jerusalem to fulfill God's plan and purpose for his life, which was to go to a cross because he was the sinless God-man that lived a perfect life, did what you could not do, and now he was going to Jerusalem to die on a cross now that when you put your faith and trust in him, you receive forgiveness. I, I call it the divine exchange, trading places. That God now, the perfect one, became imperfect so that the imperfect, come on, can be made perfect with God. See, here's the gospel that you cannot qualify, earn, or deserve right standing with God. And so the Ten Commandments were erected so you could see that you have a need for a Savior. The Ten Commandments are just, right, and true, but they have no ability to make you just, right, and true. Somebody, when you talk to people that don't really know things about God, maybe you don't know uh, God very well or maybe you don't know Him at all. People say, what about the Ten Commandments? And I said, the Ten Commandments are awesome. I think it's a good idea we should not murder. <laughs> Can I get an amen on that, right? I, I think it's actually a good, good idea that we don't steal. These are commandments. We don't covet. We don't lie. I mean, I'm all for the Ten Commandments. But nobody, and this is Jesus saying, there is nobody that could keep all the Ten Commandments. 
In fact, the, the Pharisees uh, said, well, we can keep it because they kept it with the letter of the law. But Jesus said, well, the law says you shall not commit adultery. But I say if you look at a woman on the beach and you start lusting after her, you've committed adultery in your heart already. Jesus elevated the Ten Commandments to such a place that there is no way anybody sitting here, including me speaking right now, could ever keep every one of the Ten Commandments for all of my life. So what did Jesus do? Jesus said, I will do what you cannot do, and I will now be the perfect God-man. I fulfill everything that God wants me to fulfill, and I will be the sinless sacrifice to take away your sin when you put your trust and hope in in Jesus Christ. This is good news. This is a radical hope that now God gives you because of Jesus. And Jesus is going to Jerusalem to be, as John the Baptist said, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Can, can I just deviate? Because I just feel something for you guys. And this is, this is a freebie. They won't get it in the second one. You know that if you were in the Old Covenant... And uh, I would have to get forgiveness of my sins. I would bring a sacrifice to the priest. And the priest now would receive that sacrifice, a lamb. And uh, the priest would examine the lamb. And he would look for any blemishes. So he'd pick up a leg and look underneath the belly and look behind the ears and make sure everything was okay, look everywhere. And if the lamb was perfect, that lamb now was sacrificed to take away your sin. The high priest or the priest never examined you. They, he was examining the lamb. And if the lamb was perfect, you were accepted. Let me help you out. Jesus is our lamb. And because the lamb was perfect, and because the lamb shed his blood, he now takes on the wrath of God, the justice of God comes on the lamb so that you and me can be radically accepted by a God that says, I love you so much. I'm not going to send an angel. I'm not going to send some prophet. I'm going to send my own son and wrap him in flesh and blood. So he could die as you. Come on, so you can live as him on the earth. That's good news. Come on, higher vision. Isn't that good news today? So Jesus is on his way now to Jerusalem to be that lamb that's going to be sacrificed for you and for me. The unclean now are going to be cleaned by the, by, uh, the, the unclean, which is us, is going to be cleansed by that which God gives, which is his son. And now the Bible says something very interesting is that Jesus is passing, watch, between Samaria and Galilee. He was right in the middle between these two cities, Samaria representing the Gentiles, and now uh, Galilee representing the Jews. Jews. He is right in the middle between the Jews and the Gentile. He's right in the middle between the religious and the outcast. And I love it because our God, Jesus Christ, loves to live in the middle. He wants to get in the middle of your stuff. He wants to get in the middle of your pain. He wants to get in the middle of your sickness. He wants to get in the middle of all your, your emotional
generational trauma. I love a God that says, I want to be right in the middle. First Timothy says that there is a mediator, only one mediator between God and man, and that is the God-man, Jesus Christ. I am glad that when I was in the middle of my mess, in the middle of my depression, in the middle of all my sin, that there was a God that said, I'm going to show up right in the middle of all your stuff because I know you cannot help yourself, so I will come and help you. It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. And it's, it's really hot. It's really bad. And what happens? Who shows up? Jesus shows up right in the middle of that furnace. And man, Nebuchadnezzar goes, he goes, wait a second. Didn't we throw three guys in the middle of this furnace? In fact, the furnace was so hot, seven times hotter than it normally is, that the men that threw in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those men died. And they had them all bound up with ropes. And now they're in the middle of flames. The guys that threw, hit, threw, them, threw them in, they died. And now what happens in the middle of that fire, of that trial, who shows up? But Jesus himself shows up. And Nebuchadnezzar says, wait a second, I see a fourth man in the fire. And it looks like the Son of God. Oh, no, wait, wait before you shout a little bit. Because what else happened is the ropes that were binding them got burned off. I got a prophetic word for somebody. The trial and the test you think was sent to destroy you, no, it is about ready to set you free from everything. God help me. I got to bring it back. I got to bring it back together. So the trials and the tests are sent. Sent to help you set you free. <laughs> set you free. How many of you love that Jesus wants to get right in the middle of all your stuff? How many have something right now that you need Jesus to show up right in the middle of it? Come on. No, no. I'm being, I'm being serious. Like, like you got something right now. You lift your hand. Lift your right hand. Your right hand. You, sir, this is your right hand. Oh, no, you were right. You were right. I was wrong. Sorry. I, I repent. <laughs> just, just kind of wave your hand like this towards heaven and say, Jesus, I need you, and I believe you're going to show up right in the middle of my mess. Yeah, just do that. Just do that. Gentlemen right here, one, two, third row on the end with a nice tan jacket. Can you just stand up for a second? What an incredible moment that you would come to church and I would embarrass you in front of everybody. <laughs> it's awesome, isn't it? My specialty is embarrassing people. That's what I do. Here's the crazy thing about it is when you're waving your hand, I saw literally... Kind of, I don't want to call it a vision, but I just saw that when you're waving your hand, it's like a father reaching down and grabbed his son. He said he's going to steady you. You're feeling a little bit, but God's going to steady you. He's going to, you're going to feel this strength and this vitality come to you. 
and I see the clouds being blown away. I see a clarity coming to your life. There's no more double, double-minded, but you're just going to say, you know what, God, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know this is the way I'm supposed to walk. I know, God, that you're speaking to me right now. No, listen, listen. No, you don't, don't clap because he really needs this. And I'm going to say something to you. You just stay down on your knees. God says you're not a failure. God says you're not a failure. I'm for you, not against you. I'm working all things out for your good. Wave your hand if you need Jesus to come right in the middle of your mess. Come on, just wave your hand. Just wave your hand right now. Just wave your hand right now. Just wave your hand right now. You got to just look. Just, just wave your hand right now. You say, well, what just happened? What, what, why did you just do that? Why, why do that? Because I just felt this prompting just to call that guy out. And, and, and I just did, and so we're just going to deviate from the messages for, for a second. The guy with the, uh, the, uh, the uh, American flag on your shirt, God bless America. Can you stand up, sir, right in your seat? Thank you, Lord. God's bringing a physical healing to you. Just lift your right hand towards heaven, sir. Say, I receive my healing right now. I receive it all right now. Say, I receive it all right now. How many believe in higher vision that we serve a God that heals people? How many guys believe that? So just receive the healing. That's all you need. You can sit down. That's cool. See, so, 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 so what happens is that Jesus now, he's, he's coming between Samaria and Galilee. And as he's going there, something very interesting happens, church. It says as he's going to Jerusalem, there's a certain village that's unnamed. But something significant happens in this village because as Jesus is going to the certain village, it says that there were these 10 lepers that now see Jesus at a distance, and Jesus sees them at a distance. And it's very interesting as Jesus sees these lepers that there are some descriptions about these lepers that we need to talk about just for a second. Number one, notice that none of them have names. Yet we know when they were born, they weren't Benny Leper. Come on, Jared Leper. Susie leper, not that, not that doesn't work. Peter leper, okay? These are men. But so interesting is, is that now their affliction has so dominated their life, it has swallowed up their identity. They are simply known as lepers. Now they are just having to just manage their life. Let me tell you what I believe God has for somebody sitting here watching online right now. Too many people let their issues swallow up their identity. You may be using drugs, but you're not a junkie. You're not a divorcee. You're not a failure. When your issues define you, it will now become your identity. And once that identity is established, then we just begin to manage. God did not create you to manage your life. He wants you to live an abundant life. A life that is, you know what, yes, I, I'm fighting this addiction. I'm fighting this addiction. And you've got to keep fighting that by the grace of God. But don't labor yourself. You know what you need to labor yourself if you're a follower of Jesus? You need to say, I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And by the grace of God and the power of God, this addiction is going to be broken off of my life in Jesus' name. 
If you're not a follower of Jesus, then the first identity you need to have is, man, I, I need to become a follower of Jesus. And being a follower of Jesus is the greatest identity you could ever have on the planet. That, that's, it's settled in that, that I am a son or daughter of God, and I got a father in heaven that now puts his approval on me, and you will see that he'll begin to actually operate and do things in your life because you simply believe him. It's amazing that these 10 lepers, these 10 lepers, that now they're swallowed up literally with this disease, and these 10 lepers, they're, they're both undeserving and unlikely. Now, let me break this down a little bit because I never saw this before. And this is one thing that I actually uh, didn't get from another preacher. Most of my stuff I get from other preachers. <laughs> this is the one thing, Pastor, one thing. I got a revelation from God because I prayed. <laughs> but, but these lepers, it's very interesting about these lepers. First of all, they're undeserving. Why is that? Because we know they have this slow uh, Eating, disease, uh, leprosy would begin to eat away your appendages, your, your finger, your ears, your nose, and, and it would now disfigure you and discourage you. In fact, some rabbis actually taught in Jesus' day that, that literally that you had leprosy because God cursed you. So why would you go to a God for help when that God put it on you? So, so these guys, I mean... They're really undeserving, and, and, and they probably bought into, I got to help myself. God's not going to help me. But they're also an unlikely crowd because if you're a leper in Jesus' day, according to Leviticus chapter 13, you are supposed to be doing life by yourself. You had to go by yourself when you went out in public, and you could not gather with anybody else. So these 10 men are breaking one of the laws in the Old Testament. And now they're traveling around as this, come on, gang. You must have been from East L.A. Come on, somebody. <laughs> There's 10 of them, and now it's not only that they're breaking that commandment, but notice what these guys do. They see Jesus, and they say, Jesus, Jesus, watch, have mercy on me. That breaks the second big one. Not only are you supposed to be as a leper by yourself walking around, but when you go out in public, you're supposed to cry out, unclean, unclean, unclean. Watch this. Religion will tell you, keep telling, keep declaring, keep declaring your problem. Keep declaring your issue. Just keep declaring, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, nobody can help me, just the way I am, this is the way I'm born. Come on, I'm Hispanic. We always have bad attitudes. Bad, bad. We, also have, we also have tempers. I'm Irish. I mean, that's why I get angry all the time. No, you're not. You just get angry all the time. <laughs> unclean, unclean, unclean. I can't tell you how many people that I talk to. I invite people to church. One guy told me, I can't go to your church, man. If I go there, the roof will cave in. <laughs> I say, why? Because, watch, I retranslate it. Because I'm unclean. Because I'm that bad. And this is what we want. We want you to know something. Is that you don't have to come into this church yelling, unclean, unclean. You, you, you don't have to be doing that. Because we all know you're jacked. 
Translation for some of you, you are dysfunctional. <laughs> Let me hit the, uh, maybe another ethnic group here. I can throw another word out there to bring us all together. But here's the issue. We are all born into original sin. We all need a Savior. So we all start off in the same place. And I got good news for you. You're at a church called Higher Vision that recognizes that, yes, we are unclean apart from Jesus. But I think these ten lepers begin to understand something about God. Because instead of repeating who they were, they begin to cry out to the character of God and say, God, I'm a leper. I messed up. I'm dysfunctional. But I heard something about you. I heard you're merciful. I heard you're forgiving. I heard you're good. I heard you have a purpose. I heard you have a plan for me. Lord, Lord, have mercy on me. Is anybody grateful for the mercy of God in your life? They say, they say, Jesus, Jesus, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. In other words, Jesus, please don't give us what we deserve. That's what mercy is. It's not giving you what you deserve. Grace is giving you what you don't deserve. Aren't you glad that we serve a God that's full of grace? Come on, somebody in mercy. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Let me just let you into my life. I am so grateful for the grace and mercy of God. I need the grace and mercy of God. Come on, every day of my life. Let me go a little bit further. I need it every hour of my life. And when I'm driving in the 405 freeway, I need it every minute of my life. He said, he said, he said, mercy. He said, they said, mercy. They said, mercy. They said, mercy. And, and Jesus did something so crazy. Jesus now does something that blew my mind. Jesus says, Hey, guys, I want you to now go and show yourself to the priest. Time out. Jesus, don't you know the Levitical law? Of course he does. Because if you understand, in the Old Testament, a leper could not go show himself to the priest until the leper noticed and saw that the leprosy had either stopped spreading or looked like it was clearing up, he would now go and show himself to the priest. The priest now, who had no ability to heal him, would declare that healing is taking place, but that high priest had no ability to heal him, only to declare healing. Okay, watch. Jesus now does something that's revolutionary. Because he says to the ten lepers... Hey, guys, I want you now to go and show yourself to the priest. And look at the scripture. I'm not making this up, and we're going to read it again in case you think I'm, I'm making it up. He said, go and show yourself to the priest, and as they went, they were cleansed. Now, stop. They could have said, Jesus, really? I mean, it's still here. Don't you know? that I can't go show until I see something first. 
That's the way most people live their life. They hear Pastor Jared preach, Pastor Wayman preach, a pastor preach, and you hear the word of God being declared, and God begins to speak to you and speak to me to begin now to go first, and then we'll see. But then the enemy comes and says, well, no, nothing's really changed. I mean, look at you. It's foolish for you to begin to walk in faith when nothing has really changed. I'm telling you, the devil is a liar because the Bible says this. Watch. The Bible says this, that as they went, they... Come on, running man. As they... As they, you should laugh. It's healthy for you. As they, I'm not a good dancer, but I made you laugh. As they, somebody say, as they. they. Say louder, as they. As they they what? They were what? Stop. Stop. As they went, they were cleansed. Jesus now said, guys, I'm showing you a new covenant. You don't have to wait and see and then do. Look at a lot of people in the Old Testament, like Gideon. Jesus shows up in the Old Covenant in in Judges chapter 6. I mean, it's Jesus. Tells him all this great stuff, and he says, well, if you're really with me, let me throw out out this, like, fleece, this this sheep thing. And let the dew go all around the ground and not on the fleece, and then I'll believe you. So that happens. He goes, well, uh, one more thing. Now let the dew be on the fleece and the ground be dry. I mean, it's like, dude, you got Jesus talking to you. How about, how about, how about Mo? I call him Mo. He's from the hood. Mo. His name's Moses, but he's Momo. How about, I mean, really? Like Momo? I mean, you got like a burning bush talking to you. How many think that's a pretty big sign right there, right? Somebody said, that's not a big deal. I've had bushes talk to me. Yeah, after you smoked the bush, he was talking to you. Yeah. But look at Exodus chapter 3. It's like, it's like, it's like, like, like God speaking to him and God saying, no, I can't do it. Give me another sign. Send somebody with me. Oh, and I mean, God does all that. And I'm like, if I was God, I'd kill everybody in the Old Testament. <laughs> Can I get anybody just to believe me? I mean, just, I'm here. I got challenged one time by a theologian, a, a guy who is really knows his Bible, and uh, so, so he comes up to me, he goes, well, what about Abraham? I said, oh, man, that's awesome that you brought him up, because Abraham lived 400 years before the law. Abraham is actually the father of faith. Abraham is the one that God came to and said, Abraham, watch the wording. I want you now to go back to your household, and I want you now take your wife, and I want you to go, and I will show you the land that you should go to. The father of faith, Abraham, goes back to his wife and says, hey, Sarai, we got to go. And she goes, where are we going? Don't know. This is Bible. Right, doctor? It's in this Bible, right? This is now, it's, it's ghettoized. I'm doing a ghetto version right now. <laughs> Amen. So, so he, and, 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 and he goes, hey, God spoke to me. Orele, let's go. <laughs> we got to leave this hood. I mean, look at all the tagging, all the warfare. Let's go. Come on, Hispanics, you can laugh at that. Okay, some of you aren't Hispanic. 
You know, we have to leave the country club, but we have to leave and, and go, go, go over here. In case you don't know, my wife is white. Don't get mad at me. Okay? So, so listen, listen, listen. I got, I got, I got seven minutes. Listen. You know I had to have greater faith? For Sarai. She had to believe her crazy husband actually heard from God. How, how many of you ladies would just, your husband says, let's go. And he's packing the car, packing luggage, packing everything, sold the house. And you say, where are we going? Don't know, just get in. <laughs> You're like, crazy. <laughs> Abraham goes and walks by faith and God takes him to a place. I end with the message here. I'm going to cut it and somebody come back to the keyboard so I'm done. <laughs> Y'all laughing because you heard me preach before, right? Watch this. And as they went, they were healed. All of a sudden, the Bible says that one of them, when he noticed he was healed, turned back comes back around, falls at the feet of Jesus, watch this, and begins to worship him. And here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, wait a second, didn't I heal ten? And only one came back, and it is a Samaritan? Let me retranslate for some of you that have been in church a while. The tithe came back. Like a whole message, I can go on that one. But now this one Samaritan comes and he begins to worship Jesus at the feet of Jesus. He is there. He is worshiping him. Now this messed my mind up. I said, hey, Holy Spirit, you told him, you told, Jesus told him to go to the priest. Nine got it right. This guy, and I was, I'm, this is my study, my prayer time. This guy got it, and right before I said got it wrong, I go, oh my goodness. The one got it right. He came back to the high priest. Oh, you're going to catch something right now, some of you. Because the book of Hebrews says that Jesus now has by his death, burial, and resurrection, has now given us a better covenant, and he is our high priest that is seated at the right hand of the Father, forever making intercession for us. That man got it right. He came back to the high priest. Somebody say, wow. Say it backwards. Wow. Flip it upside down. It's so good you're going to call your mom. Oh. oh, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. You don't start playing like that unless you want to go there. I'll mess you up. We'll wreck this place. I'm done. We're done. We're done. No, you can stay for the second service. Will you stay for the second service? Well, you said no. You have to stay now. Right? Stay for the second one. It's going to get even better. 
Yeah, it's going to get even better. In fact, I would encourage you to double dip. No, seriously. Double dip. Like, why, man? Well, why, why, why? Listen, when you go to concerts, don't you want that band to come back out again? Come on, Pat Benatar, sing that same song again. Come on, you old, this is what good. When you two did their tour, it's like, you know what? You could sing the same song again. I don't care. God has something. There's a gentleman in the very back. He's got blue shirt on. His wife is next to him on his right. And you just went like that. Can you put your hands on your heart? You don't even have to stand up. Just put your hand. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You can do that right there. God, I just thank you for this gentleman. I thank you for his life. I thank you, Lord God, that he's a leader, not a follower. I thank you, Lord God, he's like an Abraham, a father of faith. I thank you, oh Lord God, right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just thank you the wisdom, the insight that he has, Lord God, needs to be passed down to another generation. God, I just thank you that he's a mentor, that he's going to be somebody, Lord God, that you use to help other young men, Lord, I ask right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And sir, I speak strength to you, strength to your body, strength to your mind, strength to everything about you right now. Let new life breathe back into you right now in Jesus' name. So here's what we're going to do. Two things. And, and uh, tonight I'm going to have more time. I may preach just a little short, just an exhortation. And then we're going to worship. We're going to flow tonight. We're going to lay hands. We're going to prophesy. Notice it's not just me. We. Okay, we're going to do it. We're going to see some miracles. Signs and some wonders. People are going to leave differently because Jesus is going to be seen tonight. Okay. So two things, and I turn it over to Pastor Jared. Number one, my greatest passion is to see somebody, even if it's just one person, come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, to receive forgiveness of sins. In fact, I was so excited last night, my wife texted me. She's preaching in New Mexico. I'm preaching here. And I shot my video message, and they're showing it last night in our service when I was preaching here. We had 12 people. Uh, nine people get saved last night just in our six o'clock worship experience. And so I'm believing right now people are going to get saved, not just here, but in Las Vegas, in New Mexico. I believe somebody's going to get saved from Los Angeles, Tampa, Phoenix, Fiji, Louisiana, Sacramento, Bakersfield, the Czech Republic, Colorado, and lost wages in Jesus' name. So you're in this place right now with every head up, every eye opened. Ah, I got you, didn't I? You're like, condition. Sometimes I want to mix it up a little bit. You say, well, what are we going to do? I feel like I, I need to become a follower of Jesus. So what, is, what are you going to do, Bendy? What does that mean for me? Well, it simply means this, that if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the Bible says if you call upon the name of the Lord, come on, you shall be saved. Something happens when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. Okay? So what do we do? Well, it could be one, it could be none, but at the count of three, if you know you need either to come back to Christ because maybe you're backslidden, and if you're backslidden, you understand what that term means. If you're not backslidden, you don't understand what that term means. Or you can come for the very first time and say, Jesus, here I am. I'm that leper. I can't cleanse myself. I'm that leper. I got some issues, but I just heard that you are merciful, God, that you're a gracious God, that you have the power not only to forgive, but to restore my life. I want to follow, come on, that kind of a God. So that's you. When I say three, you're simply going to raise your hands. And when you raise your hands, 
we're going to then all pray together. Not just you by yourself, not just you, just your voice, but all of us in this auditorium are going to lift our voices together. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And when you pray this prayer and put your trust in Jesus, you're going to be saved. Then what's going to happen after that? Well, all heaven is going crazy. David is spinning and dancing in heaven. And what we're going to do is we're going to join heaven. We're going to clap. We're going to shout when we say amen because we want to welcome you into God's family and welcome you into the higher vision family. So that's what we're going to do. Okay, so hold it just for a second. You can lower it just a little bit. So here it is. Could be one. It could be none. One, you know who you are. Two, it's like, man, I just feel like I need to respond. And it's you. You, I'm the first Christian of my family. I know what that is. But, but you can be that one too. Are you ready? One. When I say three, shoot your hand up. Two, could be one, it could be none. Ready? One, two, and three. Shoot your hand up high. High, high. Thank you. There's one. Oh, wait. Keep it up. Keep it up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. If you're going to clap, give God a big. Hallelujah!